Public Safety Hour with Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, and yours truly. And a special guest today, joining us in the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, the Chief of the Fire Department in Milwaukee, the Great Fire Department in Milwaukee, City of Milwaukee, Aaron Lipsky joins us. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. How are you both doing? Good morning, Chief. Thank you for joining us. Of course, I'm happy to. So there's so much to talk about. I, I know there's been recent fires as as late as last night or as early as last night. Um, I guess let's start with sort of a PSA here. It's a dangerous time in, in any community when it gets cold because we see the, the people starting to plug things in and try to warm up their houses with all, the, all these heaters. Bad things can happen. Can, can you just speak to that? Because I want to make sure that we get that message out because that's always an important one at this time of year. Absolutely. Uh, the, the space heater issue is very, very relevant. Uh, and uh, we, we've been saying for years, and I appreciate you amplifying the message, that if you're going to have space heaters, you can't leave them unattended. You can't have them close to piles of clothing or curtains or next to a couch. You've got to leave space around that. Uh, its very function is to create heat, which is a necessary ingredient uh, to start a fire. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, this, this, these basic rules uh, kind of get overlooked after a while. People get real complacent, and uh, the next thing you know, you've You've got a fire, and and in in some horrible circumstances, you have you have fatal fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't put it next to the crib to keep the baby warm. Uh, Chief, I got to ask you from a, a personal standpoint. We had a, a fire death tragically in in the city last night, and I'm I'm wondering. You know, I've I've always asked police chiefs how they uh, how they they help and how they kind of you know help their their officers through these kind of situations. How do you uh, kind of work with the wellness aspect of, of your firefighters after uh, an incident like last night? Sure. So we, uh, sadly, we are very well acquainted with dealing with uh, people who are deceased uh, and and sadly all too often lately in, in fairly graphic uh, and disturbing manners. Uh, so what we, what we find out is that uh, our members are, are fairly well equipped at things that would make sense to to regular people, and and I'll I'll try to explain this in a manner that that is dignified here. If if a if a ninety nine year old lady uh, living at home, uh, getting home hospice care in a hospital bed, if if the family wakes up and she has passed in the night, well, that is very sad. It that's understandable, and that even though it is sad, it even makes sense to the family that's standing there. Uh, it is the the deaths that come too early or that happen in just senseless or needless ways that can that can really sit sideways inside of a firefighter's or a paramedic's mind and uh, so we have a, a fantastic peer support team we have a fantastic uh network uh, beyond our own peer support team uh so that that our folks can can speak with people who themselves understand what this feels like and sounds like and smells like and you know all of the the things that aren't ever going to be adequately represented in you know a glitzy television show or a movie on the topic uh and it is oftentimes uh the the traumatic injury that you're looking at that i think most civilians rightly so believe is the main cause of uh, post-traumatic stress for firefighters and paramedics, uh, well, those things are horrible, 
those those are actually uh, you you almost get real clinical about those things, and you get real uh, a real sterile approach so that you can carry on and, and do your mm-hmm. duties. Self protection, uh, sure. Right, but the thing that really hits sideways is the family that's standing and bearing witness to these tragedies. Mm. Because those people, you are just steeping in anguish and terror and pain, guttural wailing. It is those things, I think, uh, uh, hit firefighters much harder because uh, what you're looking at is horrible enough. Uh, What they're experiencing is a thousand times worse because they're such that close family tie or close relationship that they had with that victim. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that really hits our, our members sideways, I, I believe. And and we uh, we've really encouraged our members to just to just talk. You know, it doesn't have to be a big Doctor Phil jaw session, mm-hmm. uh, but just just talk talk with each other. Uh, and I think we're making some gains on that, but. I do also believe that the human mind, the psyche, is not equipped to uh, onboard these sorts of traumatic scenes at the pace and frequency with which our members have been doing this for the past few years. Uh, I, would, I would like it. I, I would liken it to uh, a wartime medic mm-hmm. at this point, with, mm-hmm. with the sustained nature of traumatic injury that we're dealing with. City of Milwaukee Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky joining us. I uh, got a great. Text from a listener, fan of the show. Um, the fire blankets that are advertised, are they good to have in your in people's homes? Uh, so they are a very, very good tool if you have somebody catch their shirt on fire at the stove or outside by a grill or you find a kid playing with matches. Uh, what you're really doing by quickly wrapping someone in those fire blankets is you're, you're smothering uh, uh, the fire and not allowing the oxygen uh, a chance to, to let that fire grow. And you're also covering other parts of clothing that haven't yet burned at the same time. Uh, never forget, never forget the stop, drop, and roll and cover your face. That's a real thing. That's a real thing, and it actually works. Chief, we were talking about the emotional toll that, that these fires take and these incidents take on, on, on your people, on the firefighters. I, I guess I'm also, you know, I'm wondering... It's not just the 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 fires now that they're dealing with. I think I saw you do an interview the other day uh, about is, is there an increase in attacks on firefighters or what in the world is that about? What are we seeing there? We are very we're very fortunate. I appreciate you asking that question, uh, Annie. We're, we're very fortunate uh, to have very good relations with with all of the different communities that we serve uh, within our own city, uh, but there is just a general increase in tension. Uh, there, there's an increase in people who have extremely short fuses, very, very uh, uh, touchy triggers, and all of this sort of lines up to just by virtue of our work environment, we're where tensions are already high and emotions are, are out of control sometimes. It just puts us in a space more frequently where it happens. How do you I deal with it? How do you deal with it, Chief? Uh, well, with, with physical attacks, uh, we we have no body armor. We have no weapons with which to defend ourselves. We have no training or equipment to restrain people who are attacking us. 
Um, we do our best to softly push people away if they're getting into a hazardous area. Uh, we have a very, very good close working relationship with our partners on the Milwaukee Police Department, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's, all of our area law enforcement agencies are very good partners to us. Uh, but the fact is, is we're not always in the same spots at the same time. So we are left uh, to just sort of figure it out. Uh, and our primary mission, if something turns sour like that, is to get ourselves clear and removed to safety. There have been many instances in the past few years where we are dealing with uh, a shooting victim or another, a victim of some other violent crime and more shooting breaks out as we're tending to the patient. Uh, and, and some of these situations are very, very dynamic. Uh, and our firefighters have made the choice in those circumstances to not abandon that patient. Because, it, 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 I mean, that's, you talk about uh, a game of scruples. Our directive to them is you get yourself safe. Uh, but their dedication to the patient care is such that they, they just they just can't. You can't leave that patient. So uh, there's there's not a listen. There's not a uh, there's not a protocol or an SOG or some clean, snappy, ready for television protocol uh, that is going to make everybody feel good when someone begins attacking firefighters and paramedics because. Uh, you know, we're working in some pretty tight spaces, some some space, very unknown spaces in many in many cases, uh, and I don't want to overemphasize this point because it's not it's really not my driving uh, principle here. But listen, my firefighters and paramedics are going to defend themselves. We we just have limited means of doing that. Chief Aaron Lipsky joining us on the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. I'm going to ask you to hold through the break. If you could, Chief, I, I want to ask you about some comments you made. I wanted to stand up and shout bravo when you said them about Northridge. So we're going to explore that mess after our break with Milwaukee's fantastic fire chief, Aaron Lipsky. We'll continue the conversation after this. Thanks for joining us on the Public Safety Hour with Annie Schwartz, our law enforcement communications expert. And on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline, joining us is Aaron Lipsky, Fire Chief of the City of Milwaukee. Chief, I've, I saw your comments on Northridge, and I know you're, you're very frustrated, as most of us are, that for all these years now we're lingering with this really a dangerous hazard to the community. Uh, a couple people just texted in and said, why don't they just let it burn down? I, I think I know the answer to that question, but for, for your agency your organization those firefighters and public safety professionals this is a real problem in our community yeah that's that's absolutely correct um and i think i get that question almost second only to when are they going to tear northridge down <laughs> right, right. Second, the the second question is uh why don't we just let it burn uh first off uh well that may feel good to say uh, and and I understand from from where that sentiment comes, uh, it is it is antithetical to what we do as firefighters. And the other part of this is, uh, and you know, I, I'm sure people have varying opinions on what I'm about to say, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, we have a responsibility to, to to protect and save all life, all life. And for a building that has no gas, no electric no any sort of any ignition source for there to be smoke coming out of it implies that there's a human inside uh whether or not that human 
started that fire maliciously for warmth, whatever it is, we have to get in there to search that area. So uh, I'm very fortunate to have some very aggressive and, and smart uh, forward-thinking operations commanders out in the field who have put together a series of uh, very specific logistical plans for how we are going to make entry into that building so that we can also not forget to preserve and protect our own lives. That being said, that's uh, a danger for your firefighters every time you have to go in there. You're 100% correct, sir. So I guess maybe and maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. Has the public safety risk to our hardworking public safety workers, has that been stressed as part of the argument to tear this defunct mall down? Uh, absolutely. Uh, listen, I, I think anybody that's talked with me for more than five minutes understands that I'm, I'm never going to apologize for strenuously attempting to advance keeping my, my membership safe, as safe as possible. What we do already is hazardous, but no need to keep doing it needlessly for something that shouldn't keep happening. So absolutely, uh, I have advanced this in every forum available, and I will continue to advance it. And uh, we, I think we have a, uh, another court hearing coming up here, uh, I think December 1st. Uh, anyway, we have, we have another court hearing coming up. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, there's there's so many twists and turns in the background with real estate law, with out of country mm. ownership, uh, with with city versus private domain, and 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 I I am no expert in that, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I am. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, that's not my role. That's not my function. My function is to protect my firefighters and at the same time protect other people. Chief, you've got some, when we're talking about uh, firefighters staying safe and, and, and staying uh, staying alive uh, when it comes to, to fire scenes, it, you have, there's a training coming up for you guys. Is there not? And the reason that I know this is obviously because my, my better and nicer half, uh, Mark McLean, is involved in the, in the fundraising for it. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the rescue training uh, that, uh, that the firefighters go through when it comes to learning how to rescue another member? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the training you're referring to, and, and much thanks to uh, Jeff and Mark at House of Harley for, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. Bad, oh, yeah. Uh, because they have extended their care uh, for for fire and EMS and law enforcement uh, into, into real fundraising dollars so that we can send dozens of our firefighters uh, down to Champaign, Illinois. The Illinois Fire Service Institute has the most advanced rest, uh, rapid intervention training uh, in the nation. Uh, extremely, extremely rigorous, difficult, complex training that occurs over the course of a week. Uh, live fire training every day, uh, and you are, you are sent in to uh, simulate rescues of firefighters from a variety of very difficult circumstances, from a disoriented lost firefighter all the way through uh, structural collapse during a fire, with firefighters trapped under rubble, it's very, very unique and important training. So we've we've probably in the department right now, uh, we've probably got several hundred people that have gone down through that training. Here's the thing: it's extremely expensive training. Uh, when our when our members go for that sort of stuff, we, we do have the ability. the The city is very 
helpful when we're pursuing additional education to provide tuition reimbursement, but it doesn't come close to covering all the costs with the travel and the rooming and the food and the uh, and this this training is so important uh, that we are now having a fundraiser coming up uh, at uh, Milwaukee's best steakhouse, Carnivore. <laughs> uh, He's just getting all the plugs man, in today. Oh man! Wow! Wow! No, but I actually uh, not that I disagree. Uh, no, I mean it's, it's fantastic, and it and it's fact that's where uh, we're having our second fundraiser, uh, where we'll be uh, using the foundation from House of Harley and. Uh, uh, soliciting more funds so we can continue to send our members to this training. It is, it is, it is second to none, uh, and the support has been tremendous from from the community, from business leaders. Uh, it, it's it's truly a feel good moment uh, because it's exactly what we started talking about here. It's the other end of it when things do go wrong and we have a firefighter in harm's way. Uh, it is it is a it is an you might as well be on a different planet as far as what that environment turns into. Uh, and to be able to function calmly and focused and interpret things that you can't see uh, while putting together a complex plan for rescue, it is, it, it's not something you just wake up and do. It requires practice. It requires circumstances in training that are as close to real life as possible without you know, seriously injuring somebody. Chief Lipsky, we got to so take, take one more break. I, there's a couple quick texters that have some specific questions. If we can get you to hang on for a couple of minutes, we'll ask those final questions and then let you go to your regular day job. We are, we are joined, of course, on the phone line by the City of Milwaukee's Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky, WTMJ Now. Public Safety Hour with Andy Schwartz and Steve on WTMJ Now. We're joined on this, uh, this half hour by the City of Milwaukee's Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky. Uh, a couple quick ones. We don't have a lot of time, Chief, so I'll just give them to you real quick. Have you seen more? Two, I'll give the questions both at the same time. Have you seen more lithium battery fires lately? And uh, electric vehicles. There's been some stories, reports about um, fires involving electric vehicles, vehicles inside garages. Anything to report on those? Yeah, so we have started to see an uptick, not nearly as much as uh, the East Coast, uh, but we are starting to see an uptick in that it's strongly suspected that the recycling center uh, in the Menominee Valley may have been related to uh, a battery-caused fire. Uh, these, the electric vehicle fires, that, that is also a real thing. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it, the, industry, the industry can do what it wants, uh, and I'm speaking of the automobile industry, uh, and it has for years, and it has moved way, way faster uh, and with with minimal inclusion of the fire service on the front end, uh, leaving us in a position to have to catch up. So, uh, and so, some of the changes are very good. Uh, the new vehicle technology, the airbags, the the uh, the, the rolled boron steel, you know, uh, roll cages built into uh, these cars. They make them much safer during an accident. But when they don't work good, we have to figure out in real time in the middle of some street at three in the morning how to get through these things and how to work around them. Uh, and the, the electric component of the electric vehicles is no different. Uh, it has moved far faster, uh, and and I don't want to say with complete disregard for the inherent fire hazards that are caused, uh, but we certainly are not being given time to catch up, I will say that. Chief, we, uh, we have to end by asking you an extremely serious, important question, and that is <laughs> as we change our calendars over from 2023 to 2024, 
I see that we have a new calendar option here uh, in the city of Milwaukee. My question is, how does the fire chief not get a month? So I think they're actually <laughs> trying to sell calendars. <laughs> you didn't get so the Burt Reynolds treatment? No, it's a, it's a fundraiser, not a fund depleter. How can people so, get a hold of those calendars, Chief? So uh, I, you can go online. Uh, I believe uh, Ignite the Spirit has uh, a website, Ignite the Spirit Milwaukee, or Ignite the Spirit MKE. Uh, and uh, also, and I don't know if there's still tickets available, I believe Thursday night is the big ticket uh, calendar launch. Wow. Uh I, I don't know a lot of the details about that, unfortunately, but I think that's Thursday night. But uh, go online. That's your that's your quickest way to get one of those calendars. Uh, and they go fast. I can't believe how fast they go by all reports. All Travesty is not a month for you. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, you know. All for a good cause. Chief Aaron Lipsky, always appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Chief.